Hello, everyone. My name is Matt Troop, and I serve as CEO of Conway Regional Health System, and welcome to this edition of our One Team, One Promise podcast. Uh, we are continuing our series of interviews with physicians. We've done uh, several of these, so if you're interested in learning more about our medical staff and culture here at Conway Regional, you can go back and, and hear interviews with uh, a number of physician leaders on our, on our uh, staff and team. Today, I am privileged to have um, uh, in our studio here, it kind of feels weird calling it a studio, but this is what we're going to call it, a studio. Um, I have Dr. Yelchin Hashiolu. Help me. So we just had this conversation. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> I, so it's yeah. actually, you got the first part, uh -huh. right? It's uh -huh. Yelchin. Uh -huh. And the Yelchin. last name is Hajiolu. Hajiolu. Yes. That's right. And Dr. Hajiolu is a cardiologist, um, joined our staff almost a year ago. Uh, September. September. Yeah, yes. Second half September. Yeah. 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 And so um, just for the audience here, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, where did you grow up? Where are you from? Sure. Yeah. So I was born in Bulgaria when it was a socialist country wow. uh, and uh, I was a part of the Turkish minority yeah. at the age of 16 when the democracy uh, movement started in Balkans so there was a movement you know uh, for human rights and as a part of that it's a long process but we immigrated to Turkey mm -hmm. eventually that's where I got my medical education that's where I got my first cardiology training and mm -hmm. uh, I became cardiologist practice for six months but I wanted to further my training, in, especially in interventional cardiology. And uh, the best option I saw was the United States. So that's why my journey in a, in, uh, at the state started. Mm -hmm. uh, first, I went to New York, St. Luke's Roosevelt Hospital, which is now is a part of Mount Sinai Group. I did my internal residency there. That's three years. And then due to visa issues, I had to go to j1 waiver position which is in california bakersfield i spent six years there uh towards the end of it i had a chance to get involved in cardiology training and cardiac cta at harbor ucla uh, under the mentorship of dr budov and then came to arkansas hmm. little rock uams yeah. general cardiology training followed by interventional cardiology wow yeah. wow so why medicine? What, what drove you to uh, pursue medicine? Well, I think that uh, it was primarily my father's influence on that because he was in a position of primary care physician. Actually, it's a position that is not, uh, and there's no equivalent position in the U.S. Maybe nurse practitioner is kind of close, but then they have the authority to practice independently. Mm -hmm. Uh, intermediate providers that provide primary care, they call hmm. them Felcher, maybe some German origin, I'm not sure. So, huh. But he would provide the whole primary care in that small uh, community, a couple of villages. So I, I'm pretty sure that's how it started. Yeah, yeah. And so you got to see him practice every day and thought... Oh, yeah. So our house was part of that, you know, that many people would come in the middle of the night and just uh -huh. with those acute problems... He had a ambulance driver that he would take to the <laughs> really? local hospital. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, the the traditional old fashioned, I think, medicine yeah. that we used to have, like maybe hundred uh, years ago here in, at at the states. You know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, definitely very involved yeah, with cool. the patient care, the whole family part of it. Yeah, you can't miss it. Yeah, and do you have siblings? I have uh, two sisters, uh, older than me. Uh, they pursued mechanical engineering. Oh wow! 
Yeah, so I'm the only one going through medicine. Huh, yeah. good. <laughs> and why cardiology? So I, I asked myself a lot about that. I think mm -hmm. it started when I was a kid because my grandfather started going to see some cardiologists in one of the major cities. And he always spoke very highly of cardiology. And then eventually that kind of, I think that sticks on you. And mm -hmm. then when I started medical school, I had to learn more about cardiology. Mm -hmm. uh, during my third year, I had the top score in that cardiovascular. They call them committees, you know. Mm -hmm. So you have everything piled up uh, from histology, anatomy, and physiology, and pathology on one system. Mm -hmm. So at the end of it, those who get a top score get to spend a couple of days in, in the cath lab and cardiology department, see all the procedures. Yeah. I think that day made uh, that was crucial in my decision making. Yeah. Yeah. I saw multiple procedures and yeah, I think that had a great impact. And that was in the U.S.? No, that, no, was, that in was in Turkey. That yeah. was in yeah. Ankara. Uh, yeah. That was, uh, during my medical education. Yeah. And so. What what was it that being in the cath lab that really excited you? Is it just being well, able we to... we saw a couple of heart attacks. Yeah, and then how they come with the chest pain and uh, really suffering that ends in thirty minutes, and they're yeah. grateful. That's some uh, great impact on the healthcare. Yeah, how some of them don't make it, you know, and that's yeah. uh, that's part of it. But those who do, that shows a uh, uh, it's very gratifying, you know, experience to yeah. see that. And some people who need pacemakers, they get the pacemaker, and then you know all those procedures, technology to the point uh, that influence patients' lives and families was just amazing yeah. to see. You're able to As see. As a medical you. student, you know, yeah. we still at that point we didn't have any clinical uh, exposure yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's more like didactic, didactics at that point. Yeah, and you're able to see the effect of your intervention and see the immediate exactly. impact and, yeah. the, and yeah. the significant impact that. The things that people used to die of, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Not yeah. that long ago. Yeah, I think that's where the interventional part, you know, yeah, got into me because uh, later on I got into cardiology, did the general cardiology part. We didn't have a formal interventional cardiology programs. Mm -hmm. It was either you stay in the uh, in, as a you know faculty in the uh, in that hospital, and then eventually get some kind of training on it. Yeah. So yeah, and at that time. There was no openings, and I was like, I was not willing to wait yeah. for a, you know undetermined period of time. Yeah, what what's the um, primary differences between the health system in Turkey and the United States? Well, actually, they're pretty similar really? when I compare them because you do have uh, state-provided you know hospitals funded by the you know government. At the same time, you have a private hospitals too. Hmm. And they get some insurance coverages, you know. So it looks similar, but I think it's uh, at a larger scale at the United States. So yeah, yeah. There's more government uh, coverage over there. I think more f when what you may call federal kind of you know yeah. insurances, they have more over there. Yeah, it's not necessarily as much as the Europe, yeah. but nationalized completely. Yeah, but it's like a hybrid system. Yeah, and are are patients kind of the same? You, do you find? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean heart disease, as you know, it's pretty it's everywhere. universal <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, yeah. With all the uh, aging population and uh, risk factors, obesity getting worse. Uh, yeah. yeah, we we that's the same everywhere. Yeah, yeah. the only difference I think uh, the smoking is more prevalent in Turkey. That's ads and 
extra impact there. Yeah, on yeah. The comorbidities. Uh, I bet it does. Well, I remember we used to do more thrombolytics. Like that was 20 years ago. Uh huh. And then PCI, those interventions started, and stent placements. So that was the time when I I was started seeing those procedures and mm-hmm. get interested into doing those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what I'm doing now. And has that largely reduced because of drugs like Lipitor and Crestor and those kinds of things? Well, I can definitely say, because I've been in the field for at least 20 years mm-hmm. in Turkey and here, that the, the number of uh, heart attacks that we see on a daily basis has significantly dropped. At uh, times in Turkey, I remember we had three or four heart attacks in a day. Uh, wow. Now, in every hospital I've been, you know, including you know, New York, if you get it every day, that's that's a huge number. Mm. So it's down to two to three per week, mostly. Hmm. Even in the, in the larger cities. I, I came from Little Rock. It was the same. Uh, actually, I see slightly higher number in Conway, maybe wow. being more central and having, you know, broader coverage, I think, or location-wise. Yeah. It's yeah. able to provide, you know, maybe sure. competition's higher in Little Rock. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, that's... That's that's interesting. Um, well, tell me about your your practice. You do general cardiology, interventional cardiology, obviously. What what? Uh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, I love general cardiology too, and so I'm uh, very much involved into that uh-huh. in every aspect of that. In addition to that, I do the interventional cardiology, including the stent placement, percutaneous interventions. I'm also involved in uh, tackling the venous insufficiency uh, diseases. As you know, it's mm-hmm. it's not uh, very common to see that in cardiologists, but at least one or two people in a huge group can can cover that area. So I'm involved with that. Uh, so for, for those that may not know, yeah. explain in layman's term, what, what does that mean, venous? Well, as you may know, many people would recognize varicose veins. Yeah. Uh, actually, that's just a part of the spectrum. Um, when you have vein insufficiency, it's basically involves the poor circulation. Uh, the arteries bring blood flow to the tissues and the veins take them back to the heart. Mm-hmm. So there's a problem in that return. When the return is not efficient, there's uh, certain reasons for that. You get congestion in your legs primarily because of the gravity situation. And over time, swelling, inflammation, open sores that would not heal. Mm-hmm. Uh, become a major issue, and they won't be healed if you don't address the venous insufficiency with certain treatments. Mm-hmm. And some of them are conservative, uh, and some of them are invasive. Mm-hmm. Things like uh, uh, ablation procedures, sclerotherapy, uh, from, uh, phlebectomies. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and medicines? As Are there medicines that... Uh, there's that? not that many, but we have one particular medication that's been out in the market that I've seen uh, variable results, but usually in a positive way. Mm-hmm. So the medication, the impact on medication of vein disease is limited. So, hmm. so that's why it can be treated by any other physician and just, you know, so it requires specialty care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Are there other unique aspects about your practice? Uh, well, I also try to cover um, the need for a watchman device placement, yeah. especially as our population ages and there's more the prevalence of atrial fibrillation increases. Along with that, the risk of falls and risk of bleeding also increase, including uh, being that uh, GI bleed or related to the falls. 
and these patients uh, are at increased risk of stroke if they're not on blood thinners. Mm. Now we have an alternative method or treatment uh, that reduces the risk of stroke and reduces the risk of bleeding. It's called Watchman procedure. It's mm. basically a plug that we put in the chamber, one of the small chambers of the heart where the clot is forming. So it pretty much isolates that chamber from the rest of the bloodstream. Mm-hmm. And by that doing that, you reduce the risk of uh, stroke. Hmm. So I'm able to provide that service um, currently to our Conway patients. Yeah. Yeah. But what are the signs and symptoms of atrial fibrillation? Is um, How do I know if I've, I'm maybe having that or... Yeah, so actually, it's uh, it's a good question because many patients would not feel anything different until they get an EKG or they feel their pulse is being irregular or their blood pressure machine is telling them mm-hmm. there's AFib. And recently, the smartwatches also can detect that. Hmm. But the typical symptoms include palpitation, meaning irregular heart rates, racing heartbeats. Some people present with worsening fatigue, shortness of breath, um, and in you know, rare cases, actually, atrial fibrillation may induce heart failure hmm. and would come with symptoms like shortness of breath, swelling. Yeah. Yeah. That seems to be really on the on the rise of late. I hear about it a lot more. Right. Um, wh- why is that, do you think? Age is number okay. one uh, because it, it, it's very closely correlated with advanced age. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you know, our population is aging. Um so that's one of the factors. And also the risk factors, uh, comorbidities, the patients that um, that are treated with medication and survive certain age with all these comorbidities, that increases, you know, with, uh, with the mm. advancement in the medicine. Yeah. So we're able to suppress certain things, but not necessarily reduce the risk of atrial fibrillation. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't want to concern concern anyone out there but you mentioned medicines that they may be taking are there certain medicines that later in life or if you take them over a prolonged period may cause atrial fibrillation um one of those i can name is uh the thyroid medications huh. if they're taken uh, if uh, you know above the advised dose that can trigger atrial yeah. fibrillation so we always check thyroid hormone levels hmm. on new patients with you know, atrial fibrillation. Sometimes uh, thyroid conditions like uh, Graves' disease, hyperthyroid, meaning high thyroid levels, mm-hmm. can induce AFib in otherwise healthy patients, young mm. patients. Yeah. So that's one of the things that we always check. And, and many patients with advanced age have a low thyroid levels and take replacement. So that needs to be monitored closely. I had several patients that went into AFib because of supra-therapeutic uh, levels of you know, Synthroid, yeah. that's yeah. a thyroid medication. Yeah, so everyone should uh, obviously work with their primary care physician and uh, and work through that decision of whether or not to see a cardiologist for uh, what may be atrial fibrillation, but that, right. that is, that's interesting. Um, have you met Dr. Javid yet, our endocrinologist? Uh, I think I've seen him on the, oh. you know, in the hospital. Yeah. Didn't meet him personally yet, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she's a great clinician. Um, and obviously has a lot of passion around, you know, the thyroid management and and uh, and other endocrine issues. So w- let's talk a little bit about your journey to Conway. I know for a period of time um, you were helping to cover 
our emergency room and really weekends um, on a locum's basis. That's how you got kind of introduced to Conway. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, I think I've been doing that for the past three years yeah. before I started working here. Yeah, that's what uh, that's how I had a chance to know about Conway Regional, yeah. actually, in, uh, about Conway in general. Mm. Yeah, so what I liked about it is just uh, the, the city itself. Uh, had a, some peaceful and uh, uh, ambience, uh, yeah. and it's college town. My wife actually used to commute every day here for four years to do oh. her master's at UCA. Huh. So we had some Conway connections starting shortly after we came to Arkansas. My wife started it. Then my son, older son, he got in, uh, enrolled in Hendricks College. So he's been doing that for the past four years. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not only cool. me seeing, uh, you know, so there was more than <laughs> yeah. one member of the family getting involved <laughs> yeah. closely. Yeah. Yeah, I came for, you know, her activities here, her graduation, all those things. We went with the family. So yeah. Conway has a special place. Yeah, yeah. In our family it in really, general. Yeah, really does. And you, um, I think the last time I may have talked to you about this, you, you had bought land and were building the home. Is, is your home finished yet? Oh, actually, I was planning to do that, but then we found a nice house and okay. we bought it. <laughs> okay, okay, good. good, good yeah, good. we almost, uh, we were too close to buy uh -huh. the lot and build, uh -huh. and it was just a lucky coincidence there to find a house in this, you know, very uh, tight market. Oh, gosh, yeah. 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 Oh, good. You know, I'm, and I'm recalling this now. I think you you mentioned that a while back that you uh, y'all had found a found yeah. a house. That's great. Um, and what what uh, so Conway's a great town, but what what attracted you about the medical staff or the the opportunity itself? Well, uh, one thing I liked about Conway is that it's uh, regional. Uh -huh. It's involvement not only in clinical uh, activities, but I see its involvement in academic medicine. Now, you have established a uh, family medicine program. And now, I think just today. Just today, yeah, yeah, literally we, today. We, we started an internal medicine yeah. program, you know, yeah. residency program. And uh, all the investment that you've done to the hospital, expanding the ICU and bringing all these new physicians to cover broader, you know, needs of this community. Mm -hmm. it, it's something that I have not seen recently in any uh, big hospital. Yeah. So huge potential yeah. for expansion and increasing the quality and also education. Uh, and that's for the community to bring some physicians to the community. Yeah. So that's, a, that's a, a, a unique commitment here. Yeah. And th that's what I like about it too. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're big enough to be able to contemplate things like that. And, right. But yet small enough that um, you don't feel like you're just a cog in a wheel. I mean, right. you can really play a direct role uh, if you so choose in graduate medical education or yep. um, helping to you know be a part of the, the future in a meaningful way. So it's a, kind of a cool cool combination of the two. I so, agree. Of yeah. size and scope. What do you uh, what do you like to do for fun? I like to hang out with my family, actually. Yeah. You know, so try to travel with them, spend the weekends with them. Sometimes we go into some, you know, parks and uh, some boating sometimes. But yeah. it's been primarily spent time with my family. Cool. I also, we like to spend some, some of our time going back to family in Turkey mm -hmm. um, and uh, just uh, um, 
I think it was about a year ago you went to Turkey. Is that right? Yeah, actually, or, I'll oh. be going soon too. Oh, good. I'll be going there in two weeks. Oh, good. Spend some time. I have my mom is there and my sisters are still there. Yeah, I have uh, uh, also there's some family in Bulgaria too. Uh-huh. I've been there only a couple of times though. Just didn't have much time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, it's primarily uh, around the family. Yeah. Uh, you you mentioned a, a son. Yeah. And just one. I have three sons. Okay. I thought there were more. All okay. them boys. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and their ages? They ages start from nine all the way to 20, 22. Okay. Yeah. And one I know. Well, now 23, actually. Yeah. Participated in MASH, right? Our. Um, yes. The, the middle one. Yeah. He is a, in uh, 11th grade. Yeah. Uh, so he's planning to pursue medicine. Yeah. So we really wanted to, to get involved with some kind of exposure, immersion you yeah. know, in medicine. Yeah, and he loved it. You know, he wanted to have an, at least another week of the same experience. <laughs> so, I really, he really enjoyed it, every second of it. Yeah. So that was a great opportunity for you know high school kids there by the Conway Regional. I mean, those are the things that stand out clearly. That you can see there's commitment there yeah. to promote education and awareness and quality. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, if you have sp- spends uh, not very long but some time in the hospital that you can easily see that yeah i remember meeting your son um he came to our daily we have a daily huddle at 9 a.m where mm. all of our leadership just kind of talks about what's going on in their different areas it's a very abbreviated meeting but um trista had brought the students to the, the room and they had to introduce themselves and then what their interest is so some yeah. wanted to be nurses some wanted to um be surgeons or whatever and I, I very distinctly remember seeing your son and he said cardiology i want to be, i want to be a cardiologist yeah you told me that then i asked him he said he had repeated that i was like yeah. okay you yeah. never told me that yeah yeah you were in medicine in the past he used to say pediatrics i guess now yeah. he's convinced it's cardiology i mean yeah, yeah i'm proud of uh, his commitment and achievements <coughs> excuse me if you were advising somebody uh, about medical school what what would you tell them um just well i my stance on that is clear not everybody should do things because some some people find it cool you know i want them to be committed to it i want them to really know if they're gonna if they want to pursue that direction Mm -hmm. it's somebody you got to be dedicated to it yeah you got to be committed you have to understand every aspect of it. This is their night job, you know. So, I, I I want them to explore it well before they make their decision. Yeah. Because this is lifelong commitment. Yeah. And uh, I want them to be happy and enjoy the job and provide good care to people. Yeah. As I I know you know because one of my sons at least Barrett uh, rounded yeah. with you. Um, he's a uh, well, he'll be going into his second year at Wachita Baptist, but we just recently established a program for those that may not know that bring in pre-med students. And so um, these are usually juniors to seniors in college that um, will come in and, and round and, and yeah, shadow a physician. Shadows, yeah. And uh, so they spent the whole, are spending the whole summer doing that. And um, it, it's been really cool just to hear them talk about what they right. see. Yeah. Um, the differences in in different specialties and things they like, and I and I can't yeah. help but think that that's going to enlighten their their uh, path. I'm you know, sure, it's going to be very helpful. Yeah, I mean, the, as you were continuing the same question, yeah, 
My older son, for example, initially was thinking medicine, but I never really pushed him that direction. Yeah. Now he thought about it, he investigated. Now he wants pharmacy as an option. So yeah. actually, we, we the hospital was offering some uh, you know exposure to pharmacy services oh, too. So he's going to do a short immersion there as well. Oh, good. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I kept telling him. He wanted internal medicine, but I kept telling him, you think about it, I want you to be 100% sure because you're going to love this job. Yeah. It's not just, you know, for one aspect, but uh, every aspect of it. Yeah. It's a long journey. It's a long I mean, journey. That's it's, for for you, that was how many? Uh, <laughs> I, did, I was trying to add that up in my head, but uh, that's right, many years. Right. I started in 1990, yeah. medical school. So yeah. the training ended six years ago, seven years now yeah. ago. So like, you know. <laughs> yeah. So that's a long commitment just for training. Yeah. I and mean, then the rest is working too, of course, you know. And then um, this is something other people may not know, continuing medical education. So every year you do a certain amount of right. study. Just yeah, continuous medical yeah. education. Yeah. Yeah. You go to the meetings. Or, now we have the virtual meetings too, which is a, a, yeah. an extra <laughs> yeah. a help, you know, yeah. opportunity there for us to attend so many meetings that we can't really physically be there, all yeah. of them. Yeah. You know, cardiology has changed so much um i mean i think I, just in my career uh which spans you know a little over 25 years and thinking back to you know the interventions that were just just entering the market back then and then drug eluting yeah. stents and then uh, medicines you know statin fighting medicines and then a lot of these peripheral vascular procedures that that save limbs and do a lot of you know cool things as you look forward what what are you most excited about? Maybe something that's that's a development that's coming, maybe not necessarily to Conway, but you know something that's uh, coming in your field that really excites you. Is there something out there? Yeah, actually, the future is uh, lots of unknowns, yeah. but I'm sure it's things that would be beyond of our comprehension at this time. As we see, the device is getting smaller and smaller. Now we have this micro, you know, pacemaker that you implant like a tiny capsule inside the heart. Yeah. It replaces those big boxes of uh, pacemakers that we used to do 20 years ago. Yeah. And uh, there's new methods, uh, new even therapies on certain things, medications, changing drastically the heart failure. Uh, gene therapy, I, I can't imagine, you know, what can that achieve, and, but with a lot of ethical questions. So I, I'm excited. On yeah. both ways, it's going to be a lot of innovation and a lot of ethical questions on, on those, the yeah. utilization of those and to what extent. But I, I see it bright Yeah. and challenging. Well, Dr. H, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, you can find Dr. H in our Conway Regional uh, Cardiovascular Clinic. So if um, you're looking for a referral to an outstanding cardiologist and uh, a great uh, member of our medical staff, uh, please look him up. Um, he's located right here on our campus. And uh, we look, uh, look forward to many years of uh, working together. And thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Yeah. All right. Well, tune in next time for uh, another exciting interview with a medical staff member coming up here soon on our One Team, One Promise podcast.